All right, turn in your Bibles. Turn your Bibles to John chapter number 10 to start off with tonight. We're going to study the book of Psalms, but we're going to have to lay a little bit of groundwork so you can appreciate these Psalms that we're going to be looking at tonight. So look in John chapter number 10. Tonight we're going to be talking about the Lord Jesus Christ as our shepherd. And then we're going to look in what I'm going to call the trilogy of Psalms. Psalm 22, 23, and 24. We're going to highlight certain verses out of those Psalms to show you how supernatural your book is, your Bible, how powerful it is. What an amazing book the Bible is. And so look in John chapter 10, and you'll notice in verse number 11, I'm sure that you have heard this before, uh, of about the Lord Jesus Christ, but we want to verify it here in the New Testament. In John chapter 10, verse 11, he said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And if you'll notice in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and have known of mine. All right, now turn quickly with me to 2 Samuel 23. And I want to show you something because we're going to be looking in the book of Psalms, and you need to understand how supernatural your book is when you read this. 2 Samuel, the Word of God is quick and powerful. It is alive, and um, it is amazing to me how that God spoke to men and gave us His Holy Word. And sometimes they wrote down things that they had no clue of how that God was going to use it or fulfill it in the future. So, I want you to look in 2 Samuel 23. David's on his deathbed, and here's what he says. He says uh, in verse number 1, in 2 Samuel, did I say 2 Samuel? Okay, excuse me. In chapter 23, it said, Now these be the last words of David. Okay, and so he said that David, the son of Jesse, said, And the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, And the sweet psalmist of Israel said, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and His word was in my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me. He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. Now what I want to show you here in verse 2 and 3 is how the Holy Spirit spoke through David to pin down certain things, and quite a quite a few of the Psalms. You know, he calls him here the sweet psalmist of Israel. Okay, but verse number three says that God spake to him. You agree? Yeah. No argument about that, right? God spoke to him. All right, and verse two it says God spoke through him. Okay, he said, the Spirit of the Lord spake by me. So God spoke to him, and then God spoke through him. Okay, and so let's go to Psalms now. I'm going to show you something here. Supernaturally, that God wrote down here, uh, and I gave some of our, our folks some verses I want them to read out loud here in just a moment, and I'll call on you in just a moment. Your Bible is a supernatural book. Look in Psalm 22. We're not going to read every verse in Psalm 22 or 23 or 24. I'm going to show you how these go together. Okay? 
to talk about the shepherd, the great shepherd. Okay? And I wrote, if I don't know if you can see this or not, but um, hopefully you can. But um, right here, when, you, when we look at Psalm 22, we're going to look at some things that are in Psalm 22 that are going to show you the Lord Jesus Christ being the great shepherd. It's going to reveal to us some things about the shepherd's cross, the prophecy. When David wrote it down, some things that happened on the cross that he prophesied would happen. And then Psalm 23, which you're very familiar with Psalm 23. It's a famous psalm. But it shows us the shepherd's care for his sheep. But here in Psalm 24, it asks us who is the king of glory. And then it explains to us that this just talks about the shepherd's crown. And what you have here in Psalm 22 is where that the shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Okay? And Psalm 23 is where he takes care of the life of the sheep that he has saved. Okay? And then when you get to Psalm 24, it shows that one day he will rule and reign over those sheep. Okay? So let's look in Psalm 22. And you'll notice here in Psalm 22, this is a very interesting verse of Scripture. See, can you tell me if you've heard this before or where it would be? It says here, he says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Anybody heard that before? All right. He said, all right, I, I want to, who's got Matthew 27? Verse, you got verse 45 and 46. Read that for us, Sister Mary. That's okay. That's Eli Sabachthani. That's okay. So you're reading something that was written several thousand years before it took place. The Holy Spirit spoke to David and said that the great shepherd who would give his life for the sheep would utter these words on the cross. Right. You understand? And so here in Psalm 22, verse number 1, these are the very words that Jesus spoke while he hung on the tree and God told David that it would occur. Now, that's an absolute amazing fact right there concerning the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember, these are the words that were spoken right before his death. Now, you'll notice something else in this psalm here. You'll notice in uh, verse number 6, uh, the Lord says here in verse number 6, it says, But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. And all they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head. He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. Now watch this. Okay. Uh, who has uh, Matthew 27, verse 39? All right. Read those next few verses, Brother Tucker. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and the elders said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. This is the truth of this psalm that Jesus spoke on the cross again 
Do you see how that the Holy Spirit speaking to David said, here's the shepherd who would hang on the cross and die for the sheep. That he would speak these words and that men around the cross would say these words. You got to remember now, God did not... Time doesn't mean to God like it does for us. I mean, it's like He's outside of time and He's looking down through the centuries and He prophesies that this is what's going to take place. I don't have a problem believing God's Word whatsoever. But I want you to notice something else. Look in verse number 9. And we're going to read a few verses here and you'll notice something here in this passage that it talks about how that the Lord would provide the Lord Jesus, God the Father, would provide for Him a body and then actually tell us of His physical suffering, how it is described, and the details of the wounds that would signify a crucifixion to come. It's amazing. And the shame that He would bear uh, and the detailed accounts of the soldiers and what they would do around the cross. I mean, man, this is absolutely amazing as you read through these scriptures. Now, let's, um, let's read verse number 9. He said, But thou art he that took me out of the womb, that is, make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb, thou art my God from my mother's belly. Now, what he means by that there is that God prepared for him a body. Okay? Who has Hebrews chapter number 10? Sister, would you read those verses for me? And so the psalmist is telling us that God had prepared for His Son a body to be, to be given on the cross for the life of the sheep. The shepherd would give his life for the sheep. Now let's look at what happened to him while he was on the cross. Interesting here. Look in verse number 14. If you wonder what Jesus experienced physically, He's going to give you some insight right here. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death. And you'll notice in verse 16, For dogs have compassed me, and that's basically the Gentiles, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, that's the Jews, and he said they pierced my what? And my feet. My hands and my feet. And he said in verse 17, I may tell all my bones, they look and they stare upon me. And what we're talking about there is the shame that he bore on the tree. Now notice again in verse 18, They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Now that's amazing detail. You see, when, when Paul would argue with the, when after Saul became Paul and he got born again and he would go to these synagogues, he would take the scriptures and convince them that Jesus was the true Messiah. Right. 
The only way he could do that was to take all the details. See, Jesus wasn't just similar. He was the exact details of every little thing that would um, prove that he was the Christ, the true Messiah. And here's one of them. Who has um, who has Matthew twenty seven thirty five? And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. How about that? Now they they parted his garments, but they but they wanted. They wanted that, that that particular garment. And why did they want the one that they didn't want to rip up and give to the four soldiers? It was without a seam. It was one whole piece. And so let's uh, let's see what the Bible says about when we're talking about casting lots. You're talking about details? Okay? Talking about details. All right. So he says that the, the Messiah, when he hung on the tree here, basically, not only would they uh, part his garments, which they did, the soldiers did, but they cast lots for his vesture. They said, no, we don't want to rip that apart. We don't want to divide that up. We want, let's see who gets it. So they, they basically flipped coins, drew straws, and said, who's going to get it? Who's got John nineteen twenty three? Okay, brother, verse 23 and 24. All right. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts. How about that? And that's amazing. That we're talking about something that was written thousands of years before this happened, and the Lord said, This is exactly what's going to take place when Jesus hung there on the tree. And so you have this in Psalm 22 of where that the Lord would be crucified. But thank God that it didn't end there because um, the the rest of the psalm, and for sake of time, we'll just I'll just give you a general idea here that he is he is letting you know that he is not going to stay dead. And the Bible says in verse twenty five, "My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation." And uh, and he says in verse number. Um, 27, all the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is a governor among nations. And he says in verse 30, a seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, and that he hath done this. This psalm testifies of the shepherd who died on the cross and gave his life for the sheep. Now go to Psalm 23. Now he goes to the next step and talks about if Jesus Christ becomes your Lord and Savior, he now becomes your shepherd. And he will then begin to care for you. All right? Now, God likes the analogy of him being a shepherd and us being sheep. He likes that. He wants to be called the great shepherd and the bishop of our souls. Now, in Psalm 23, I hope you can say this and mean this. The Lord is my shepherd. 
The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. But you'll notice in this psalm that all, most of the verbs that are used in this psalm are present tense. You know, in the Psalm 22, those things were past. It, because the cross dealt with our past. Jesus is our shepherd present day. And these verbs are present tense. Okay? And that's why he says in Psalm 23, he says, you'll notice he says in verse number 2, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And he says, And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. With me. Thy rod and thy, thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And it's not because that you stay close to the shepherd. It's because the shepherd stayed close to you. Right, right. Amen? Amen? I'm going to tell you something about sheep. They are, we're called sheep. All we like sheep have gone astray, the Bible says. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Did you know that you have the nature of a sheep? Now, you're either a sheep or a goat. You get born again, you become a sheep. Okay? And the nature of a sheep, they are dependent. They need a shepherd. Sheep need a shepherd. They cannot lead themselves. They cannot save themselves. Did you know if a sheep rolls over on his back and his legs are sticking up in the air, do you know what kind of sheep that's called? He's called a... <laughs> he, he he will be dead if the shepherd doesn't show up. He's called a cast, C-A-S-T, cast, sheep. Because when a sheep slips and falls and rolls over, he cannot right himself like a turtle. Man, he can't he can't he can't right himself. Did you know a, a sheep has four stomachs? And when they're on their backs, their own gas will bloat them and kill them if they are not uprighted by the shepherd. How about that? The sheep need the shepherd. Not only that, but they're dumb. They lack discernment. They will eat or drink anywhere, anytime. They lack skills. Okay, have you ever seen at a circus a trick sheep? No, they'll bid for them at a fair, but you don't have you don't have them doing tricks like a pony or a monkey or a tiger or a lion or an elephant. Not only are they dumb, but they're defenseless. They're easy targets for lions and bears and wolves. They have no natural defense. They have none. What what are they, they going to do? A, a sheep, a lion has his defense. A bear has his, a snake has his, a porcupine, even a skunk has a defense. But not a sheep. Their legs are short, their muscles are weak, their eyesight is bad, their horns are dwarfed or non-existent. And they really can't defend themselves. 
You know who they do the most damage to? Themselves and each other. Each other. Does that sound like us? They, um, they will, when I say that they, they harm each other, when they, uh, they'll, they'll actually butt heads until they bleed. They'll get, in a, they'll get in an argument, they'll get in a fight, they'll butt heads until they bleed. Until a shepherd comes along with that rod and he helps them with their attitude. He gives them an attitude adjustment. A sheep also is directionless. What I mean is he doesn't have a... He has no homing device. He has no homing device. He can't find his way back. If he gets away from the fold, he's not like a dog. I mean, we've, we've had cats. But we had a dog one time in Louisiana. We took that dog across a bridge, a couple of bridges, and dropped it off in a place. Oh, you don't like me no more? I, I should have dropped him off at Brother Kenny's place. He takes in all the dogs. Yes, yeah, he does. And 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 anyway, we we dropped that dog off because she she was becoming aggressive. We live right next door to the church, and so the kids were coming up, and so we we had to get rid of the dog. And I couldn't, I didn't have the heart to kill it, so we dropped it off in a neighborhood where it could scratch for a living. And man, it wasn't but just a couple of days. That dog was right back at the house. I mean, it's amazing what what dogs can do, how they can find their way back. And cats, I mean, you you have to kill a cat to get rid of a cat. I I need not talk about cats. But we're talking about animals that have a homing device. Even a cow knows how to find its way. And a horse and a bird. But, but, But a... But a, a sheep is, and the point of this is, is it's easy for us to get off track. It's easy for a believer to get off track That's right. without the shepherd. Yeah. You need the Lord Amen. to help you to stay on track. Do you agree with that? Yes, sir. If you're left to yourself, you're going to wander yeah. off the path. And I, I'm depending on the Lord to keep me, not me keeping myself. I'm depending on the Lord to keep me, yes. what I've committed unto Him. That, that's what I'm hey. counting on. And, uh, you know, David even said in Psalm 119, he said, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. And he understood that as being a shepherd. He said, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. He asked the Lord, seek thy servant. And when somebody gets out of the will of God, and you wonder why sometimes they don't get back, right back in church. Well, if you understand the nature of a sheep, is that sometimes they need help to find their way back. And the Lord might use you to help them find their way back. The Holy Spirit, the great shepherd, may use you to help them find their way back. Okay? But also sheep are a diseased animal. They have parasites. They have insects. And uh, they torment these uh, these creatures, torment this, uh, stress these sheep out, and so they sometimes they'll get some they'll get so many of these things in, in their nose in their noses they become clogged and can't breathe, and so guess who's got to come along to save them again? It's the shepherd. And there's things about in your life that stress you out that eat at you, and you're going to need the good shepherd to help you, and he loves you. If he did this. Don't you think he cares about you? 
If he endured what he did on the cross, don't you think that your shepherd cares about you? And so David believed that the Lord, in verse number 1, would meet his needs and comfort him in his, in his agony and in his time uh, of, of, of need that the Lord would, uh, would help him. Can you all think of any, any illustrations in the Bible how often a shepherd shows up in the Bible? Where's the first one that you know of that has to deal with uh, that has uh, some sheep? Very first one. It wasn't Moses. It was Abel. Abel. It was Abel. Sure was. The very first profession that was mentioned in the Scriptures is Abel, a keeper of sheep. And Moses, how did he learn to lead people? It wasn't in the great universities of Egypt for 40 years. It was 40 years on the backside of the desert as a shepherd that he learned to lead people. David is called the sweet psalmist of Israel, a man after God's own heart. But he started out as a shepherd boy. Yes. Amen. Isn't that right? And he proved himself by protecting those sheep in his heart. When the lion came after him, he went after him. Yeah. When the bear came after him, he went after him yeah. to protect him. Amen. He understood a shepherd's heart. So, who was it? that the angels appeared to at the birth of Jesus Christ. Was it the kings and the queens? No, but it was the shepherds. I've had the opportunity to, to go to that area and be there, and they, they took us to the area where those shepherds were outside of Jerusalem there, and it is a beautiful place, and you can see the open sky very clearly. And uh, Brother Mark Thrift was there with me, and he preached on those shepherds there, and it was a blessing. And uh, just to think, though, about what they were able to see and to hear. But God, looking down from heaven, said, you know, we're going to visit earth and we're going to tell them about Jesus. Who are we going to pick? We're going to pick the cattlemen? No. We're going to pick the men that deal with iron? No. We're going to pick the physicians? No. He said, uh, let's go visit the shepherds. Because Jesus Christ is our shepherd. You understand? And so, again, you see so much of this in the Word of the Lord. And Jesus Christ knew that a real shepherd had courage. A real shepherd will protect his sheep. A real shepherd will give his life for the sheep. What will a hireling do? Well, if a hireling is just there for the money, and he'll run. Okay? So, is the Lord your shepherd? Hmm? Is he, does he provide you security and does he provide you supplies? Is he sufficient to help you in your life? According to the Word of God, if you'll let him, he will. Amen. All right, let's look at the last one real quick tonight, okay? Let's look at Psalm 24. Because what we're looking at here, again, is how that he will one day govern uh, his sheep. And we'll just look at just a few verses here about this one, and then we'll be done. I'll, I'll let you out early tonight, Okay. In Psalm 24, you'll notice he talks about the shepherd. And the reason I say the shepherd's crown is at the end of the psalm. But you'll notice the first few verses let us know that he is sovereign. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and the world and they that dwell therein. 
He hath founded upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Our God is our creator, and he is sovereign, and he is our shepherd. And then you'll notice that it mentions that he is spotless. Here's what I mean by that. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? Well, it won't be me or you, not without Christ. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Who has those? Only Jesus. Who hath not lifted up his soul into vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord in righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him. Then he says to verse number 7, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors. The King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. And who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, He is the King of glory. Turn with me to the book of Revelation and let's read a few verses over there about this King. Okay? Look over in Revelation chapter number 20 with me, please. This Psalm, Psalm 24 that we just read, it showed us that He was Lord over creation and that He was Lord over every creature and that He was Lord over everything that is celestial. Who is this King of glory? Who is it that will enter into that throne? Who is this King? Well, do you know of a seraphim that's the King? They're mighty. Do you know a cherubim? Do you know any angel? Do you know any man? Look in Revelation with me, please, if you would. And the Lord gives us, um, in Revelation 19, the Bible says in verse 11, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ here, He came as a shepherd. Man, He became one of us. That shepherd became a sheep and died on the cross for us. Isn't that amazing? He took our place. Look in verse number 11. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he did judge and make war. And the Lord came meek and lowly the first time. But when he comes back this time, it won't be that way. Verse 12 says, His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. You think maybe that vesture that they cast lots for, you think maybe it had a little blood on it? I think it did. I don't know if that that be the one, but I'm just saying that he be recognized as the lamb that was on the cross. And the Bible says his name is called the Word of God. Isn't that an interesting name for Jesus Christ? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word 
was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory as a glory of the, of the Father, only begotten of the Father. Now look in verse 14. And the armies which were in heaven... I like to uh, picket folks about this because they always talk about heaven being a place where there's no, no uh, conflict and no chaos. But let me ask you a question. You need an army. And number two, the Bible says there was war in heaven. When the adversary was kicked out, the Bible says there was war in heaven. A lot of stuff going on up there that we don't have a clue. But I know it's not like the songs say, and it's not like the storybooks say. But the Bible says, And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, and with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings. Now, who is this King of Glory? Is it Jesus? Yes, it is. Is it the Great Shepherd? Yes, it is. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now, I'm glad that the Lord is my shepherd. And if you're here tonight and you've not been saved, he's not your shepherd. Not yet, but he could be. If you would repent of your sins and give your heart to Jesus Christ and receive Him as your Lord and Savior, He can be your shepherd. Amen. Amen. And so I hope with all my heart when you read through those Psalms, you kind of put them together and see them as a trilogy. That the Holy Spirit placed them right there in that book to let you know that the Good Shepherd died on the cross for the sheep and the Good Shepherd cares daily for you as His sheep. And one day He's coming back for you. And, and you will see him not as a, uh, what can I say? He's not going to be meek and lowly when he comes the second time. That's right. Amen. Amen. He's going to be coming as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. Amen. I'm ready for him to come. Yes. Yes. And, as when, and, and when John got through writing all this, he said, even so come Lord Jesus. Yes. Okay. Do you have any questions? Brother Tucker will be glad to answer them for you. <laughs> Do you have any questions? I just want you, I want you, especially you young people, to understand there is no book on planet Earth like your Bible. Right. It is an absolutely supernatural book. God breathed. And it's amazing to me that God could record the details hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of what would happen to His Son, and it happened just like He said it would. Yeah. And therefore, if what He said back then happened at Calvary, then what He says is going to happen in the future also will come to pass. Because God cannot lie. Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would uh, encourage the saints tonight and bless them through your precious word. And, Lord, we do pray for our saints that are sickly. We pray especially for Brother John tonight. And, Lord, thank you for these young people tonight. I pray that you'd encourage them, strengthen their faith in their Bible. And, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you're dismissed.